Hello and welcome into the Gotta Be Saints podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Gotta. Join me each week as we tackle life's most important question How do I become a saint? Today's episode is titled Comfortable in Your Own Skin, featuring Alyssa Thorell. This is the second part of this talk. If you missed the first part, feel free to go back and listen to that. You shared your story about, about acne and you know that desire to, to look a certain way before even somebody saw you. I mean, I get that. I, if, if you're listening to this and you don't know what I look like, I have no hair. I'm 26 years old. I'm young. You and have hair. It's just not on the top of your head. I'm, <laughs> I don't have hair. And, and you know, I, I, I tell that, you know, now I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm very comfortable with it. I have no problem. You rock that look. I shouldn't friend. say I have no problem. I have little issue going outside with my bald head and being okay with it. I've, I've accepted it, but it took me a long time to get there. Um, and, you know, I would use this ridiculous hair product for a long time to make it look like I had more hair. My point is comparison. You know, we look at this, this comfortability in our own skin, being okay with who we are. Um, you know, there's this, at least for me, you know, at times it's easy to, it's not even a, um, it's not even an aspect of worried about personally how I feel about myself. It's instead looking at somebody else and how they might be um, looking or doing things. I mean, I think for me, it's more of now in this life, it's more a comparison in how we live our lives. Um, can you speak a little bit about that, Alyssa, just in this, you know, in this culture today, all things, I mean, you have spoke about it a little bit already, um, but just how comparison it ties in and then how it ties into the spiritual life too. I think, you know, I can speak for myself. It is, it has been easy. Um, at, as I was a little less spiritually mature, it was a checklist. You mentioned, you know, a list earlier. And I thought about that. I said, how often did I used to have to fulfill my checklist to be the person I was supposed to be. I needed to do X, Y, Z. And I mean, you can speak to that, I think, as well as anyone as a mom, what your spiritual life looked like five, 10 years ago, 10 years ago, <laughs> looks quite different than it does today, I'm sure. And that's not oh, to yeah. say that you're less the person you're called to be. You've just had to adjust. Can you speak to that a little bit? Sure, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna make this two episodes. That's why we're still talking. Oh, um, okay. No problem. Um, yeah, so hmm. so it's interesting. I'd say comparison, comparison in the spiritual life was actually something I've been pretty blessed to not struggle with too often. I, I guess I felt encouraged by people a lot um, when I would hear like, oh, we're going to do the consecration or oh, we're going to go to mass or say the rosary or, you know, we're praying the morning prayers together that always felt motivating, you know, to say, okay, cool. I would like to do that too. Or it makes me happy that you're doing that. Cause I like to do that too. Kind of thing. I don't know if I ever really felt super competitive in that way, just because I've always underst 
well, I don't know if I've always understood prayer, but for a very long time, my understanding of prayer has been a pretty intimate conversation with someone who I know loves me. And so it's been a little bit more like, I know I don't always get to talk to the people I love as much as I'd like to, you know, um, but I know mm. the people I love the most and who love me the most, we can pick up where we left off any second, any day, and it's going to be fine. So, you know, there are some friends who you get to talk to every day or every week for a while. And then because of whatever circumstances you don't for a while and a month later or two months later, even like a year later, you get to talk again. And it's like, you were still best friends back where you were before, you know? Um, and so I guess to some extent, I didn't necessarily feel super competitive or comparing with that aspect. Um, but I would say that I definitely went through a bit of struggle with the transition of knowing who I was from a single person to a married person to a mother, because yes, uh, you know, prior to having my child, I could go to daily mass and I could dedicate a lot of time to prayer if I wanted to. And I tried to, um, especially when I was in DC, just because I had a good old hour commute each way, you know, it's like, there was plenty of time for that. Um, but yeah, so obviously once I had a kid, that was a, a big adjustment for me to say the least the last six years prayer has not been the same as what it was prior to having children. Um, however, I also felt very much like the Lord was teaching me to be comfortable with prayer in different ways. Um, so no, I didn't get to go sit in the Adoration Chapel for 30 minutes and journal and kind of soak in that time and have some thoughts that I wanted to jot down or some favorite scripture verses I wanted to read over or something. But instead I was saying, Lord, give me strength uh, at 2 a.m. when I did not want to wake up again <laughs> and feed my kid and I didn't have a choice. And, you know, I, I had to, and I still do this quite often, ask for humility and ask for patience because I quickly get angry <laughs> when, when my sweet, sweet little defiant children are so sweet and defiant. <laughs> <laughs> and They're it's perfect folks at home I, they are they are and they don't deserve me to ever be angry I should just be that perfect holy peaceful mom but that's just not reality I mean again I'm brutally honest with myself and saying you know what sorry <laughs> like I am very human and I'm tired sometimes and I'm impatient sometimes and I'm angry sometimes and you know I have to calm down and you know, it's interesting. There's this priest we know around here who I originally wasn't sure if I loved his spiritual guidance or his, you know, words of wisdom, so to speak. I just hadn't quite, we hadn't quite meshed, you know, in our approach and style. And one day uh, during confession, he was talking to me about making sure that I verbally said sorry uh, to my kids and, and apologized in like a very notable way to them or in front of them, if it was to my husband, because he was making the point that children learn how to do that kind of dialogue, the specifically the apology dialogue from what they watch. And so if they hear me and watch me 
say I'm sorry to them, even for the silliest thing, you know, like I bump into them or stuff that I make them say sorry to each other for. But if they're getting that from their parent, um, it's going to teach them later in life, you know, to apply that in their own relationships and hopefully that they would continue to model that into the future. And that that's something we all need a lot of, you know, not just please and thank you, but also will you forgive me? You know, I am sorry, will you forgive me? And I'll be completely honest that it was a little hard to say that to like a five-year-old, you know, when, when it's not something you really did something wrong, but you're just sort of, you're mad at them about something and you realize that you're being ridiculous, you're overreacting, it's not that big of a deal, they didn't understand. And to turn around and be like, I'm sorry, I got angry, will you forgive me? It's not easy because you, you're in the right, you know, you're the mom or the dad or the adult with the common sense and you were supposed to be acting on that common sense. Um, but anyway, it's, it's been that kind of attitude that has really, really helped me um, to enter into a, a different kind of prayer where like the other day, I think I got a little frustrated with um, Felicity when she was, you know, just being overly tired about something and not cooperating. And I decided to say one of the prayers I frequently say, which is just, Lord, give me some patience or, you know, help me and be calm. Something like that. Asking the Holy Spirit to guide me and be with me. But normally I just kind of say that quickly under my breath and don't make it obvious. And I thought, you know what? Veronica was watching me. She was paying attention to what I was doing. I was like, I'll just say it a little bit louder so she can hear me. And I just closed my eyes and said like, you know, a very quick prayer and then took a deep breath and like went back to being mom. But I noticed that she was looking intently at me, you know, while I said that little prayer. And I thought to myself afterwards, like, you know, I, I model for them. I try to model for them a lot of prayer, you know, like we teach, we take them to mass and we pray the rosary with them sometimes. And we try to, we've read the the morning prayers with them or evening prayers with them sometimes and tried to like introduce them to these different ways of dialogue with the Lord. But I think sometimes the more intimate, the more personal, the more friendship style um, dialogue of prayer, they don't, they wouldn't even get an idea of that unless they see you doing it. If they wouldn't really see it as anything other than there's formula prayer, right? Like the formulaic, mm -hmm. like Hail Mary's, our fathers, you know, but to show them like, no, there is an intimacy here that's real and it's a friendship and it's a relationship and it's not just, um, you know, check boxing off. I've got this done or I've, you know, I said a rosary today. Okay. I, you know, um, I think that's so important. So I think that I've maybe learned to grow in a different kind of prayer life and that we all are going to, I can definitely say looking back, like we're going to go through many different phases. There's going to be a time when my kids are in college or out of college, out of my house. Like it's hard for me to imagine now when they're six and two, but it's really not that far away. 12 years from now, she's off to college. Like that will go by very fast. The last six years went by really fast. Like it's kind of insane to me how our lives are going to change so much. So I think it's important for us always to remember that our comfortable in our own skin within prayer life is always going to change. Just like we are physically, it's going to grow and there's going to be different strengths and weaknesses at different times. And 
you know, hopefully all of that's leading us into being better people, you know, more loving, more patient, more generous, more charitable, more kind, all of those things, you know, less vain, less selfish, less prideful, but it's a journey. <laughs> and, you know, I think that that's, it's something for us to keep in mind. Um, you know, and I think a lot of times it is life changes and maybe you can talk about this a bit, Brendan, because I know in the last year and a half, you've had some things change in your life. Um, but I think a lot of times that can influence how much we're able to grow into a new understanding of ourselves or a new, you know, accepting about who we are. I mean, I don't bother to worry about a lot of things that I used to care a lot about, you know, the way that I dressed or my makeup or anything. I don't really care anymore, but that stuff wasn't very important to me at a different time in my life. So, I mean, I think that it's important for us to just keep in mind that these things are always in flux in a sense, you know, we're always growing and hopefully we're growing in a good way, but you know, we have to keep it. I don't know. I guess I like the idea of like a, trying to have a more universal look at those things. Right. So you've done mission work. You said that I've done mission work. When I visited Haiti, you know, there were people who rarely got to go to mass or if they did, it was way less frequent than we had access to the sacraments. Um, and I know Sean spent time in Honduras and they were in the mountains with people who it was maybe once a year that the priests were up into those areas, you know, saying mass for the Catholics that were there and baptizing all the babies that had been born in the last year and that kind of thing. Um, having a more global idea about the world and about people and about life and um, even the faith. And I think everyone's experiencing this now with the pandemic. Hey, hey, but, um, you know, we, we need to keep in mind that those kinds of things can't just become check boxes and it can't just become, um, what are we going to get done today? Great. I did my prayer, whatever. Um, we need to grow as a whole person and that means our prayer life and, and our relationship with God developing and becoming more, more personal and more mature. And I don't know, do you, yeah, I mean, well, I, I think your point to um, handling, you know, change in our life or, be, you know, to, to the point of comfortable in your own skin, um, it's, it, you have to come to understand that no matter what your situation, how he sees you and views you is what's important. And I mean, you talked about all these things that have come to not mean anything anymore. Um, and, you know, as a, as a man, as a man at 26 years old, and, you know, I think you leave school and you are told that your worth is defined based on your job, your salary, your X, Y, Z. But those are the things that are held in esteem. The first question somebody asks you oftentimes when they meet you is, what are you, what do you do? It's the first thing, and, you know, uh, you talked about going through changes. You know, I, I've mentioned this before, and it doesn't bother me to mention, but it, it's part of my story. You know, I was, I left my job 
back in 2018, a job that I'd worked at for three years, a job that I really loved. Um, and, you know, just the situation changed. And, you know, I felt being invited to do something else. And I followed that invitation with no, nothing new lined up. And it didn't work out until six months later that I found myself at a new full-time job. That job then let me go three months later. Through this all, you know, I think you can speak to this, Alyssa, and I think my friends and family uh, would speak to this too. There was a piece that I, I still had, you know, you could talk to me and I wasn't frustrated or, uh, I mean, there were times, sure, where I was frustrated and upset and saying, Lord, you know, what is this? But, you know, if Saturday's reading um, was basically the prayer that I kept saying, um, you know, it's Peter at talking with the Bread of Life discourse, and Jesus says, will you leave also? And Peter, you know, makes the proclamation, Lord, where would we go? You have the words of eternal life. That was, that's my mentality, you know, for this comfortability in my own skin. The biggest thing that has led me to, to be okay with who I am is that mentality of knowing who he is um, and understanding that he is the answer to all my problems, to all my worries. Um, and it all goes back to him. And you spoke about it, you know, at length, humility, 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 we're called to it. Um, when we finally come to realize who he is um, and who we are not, uh, we, we, we put ourselves in a much better position because he's then able to work through us. Um, and so in uncertainty and coming to know who we are, um, it starts with knowing who he is. And then from there, he gives us the graces every single day to be the person that we're called to be. And that's where it starts, you know, that prayer. Uh, you know, you said your many prayers that you pray throughout the day. Lord, give me humility. Give me patience. Give me whatever you need. And that's all he wants from us. He wants us to have the intimate relationship where we feel comfortable looking to him as a father and looking to him as if we were a child and saying, I need this. Because when Felicity or Veronica need something from you, they don't hesitate to ask for it. They say with confidence, Mom, I need this. And you provide as a mother does. As a father, he's the same. He does that for us. And so I think that's just what we're called to um, is to go to him with bold requests. And, you know, for me, when my job situation, I said, Lord, give me something that anything, you know, at a, at a certain point. And what did he do? He lined me up with multiple job offers um, both times that I was looking. And, and then when the thing, the first time it didn't work out, he said, Maybe this, you know, he very clearly made it known to me. It wasn't about the job as much as it was about what else he was doing in my life. He said, yeah. sure, maybe this job didn't work out, but I put you in a new city with new friends. You're closer to your family. And more than all of those things, I'm working on you. The person that you are three months after moving is very different than the person you are in Northern Virginia. And that's good. That's what I want. I want you to focus on that because I am working in your life in each and every moment. And it's true, you know, and I was able to recognize that and am still recognizing that in each and every moment. I mean, a perfect example, this podcast would not be a thing, most likely if I was still in Northern Virginia, because even if I had the idea to do it, I probably wouldn't have, because I had too many things that were good things around me that 
would have taken precedent because for whatever reason. And yet here I am doing this, which is something I'm enjoying and loving and I'm thankful for. And so that's just kind of a tangent, but. No, but it's a good one. I agree with you. Um, and I do think that that's, I guess, part of being comfortable in our own skin is having a combination of humility and audacity to go in prayer and say, why do you love me? Like, I distinctly remember that. Maybe it was college. I really don't know. It's been many years. But I, I do remember going into prayer once and just saying, why? Like, why? Help me know why. Because I really, I just needed concretes. I needed to say, not just, you know, oh, I'm, I'm good at X, Y, Z thing. Or I, you know, but to hear, to hear that the love that God has for us isn't just um, like formulaic. I mean, not like in the prayer sense, but in the like, you were baptized, you're a child of God, you live this life to love him. Great. You make it to heaven. You know, it, it's sometimes it was just too simplistic, too uh, lacking in depth for me to feel comforted by it or to even want to believe it. And not that I struggled with doubt really as much as I just wanted something else to chew on, you know, um, something that felt like it had some substance. And, and I do remember sitting there and just being like, why? Like, give me some something. And I don't know if I had real words of, you know, oh, I love you because of XYZ thing, or if it was more just a, an experience in prayer of comfort and joy and trust and truth. But you know, there's certainly scripture verses that stood out to me over the time span of, you know, things from Hosea and things from Isaiah and things from the Gospels. Uh, it's part of why I love John, because I feel like so many of the things Christ says there just kind of cut me to the heart. But, you know, there's a lot of verses that really address, you know, you are my beloved, not because of who you will become even, but just because you exist and mm -hmm. that's enough. And that's, you know, that really at the end of the day was kind of what I needed was to be told just because you are, you know, that you didn't make yourself. You can't make yourself. You can unmake yourself. You can ruin yourself. You can ruin a lot of other people's lives in the process, but you can't make you, you know, and you were a gift because God wanted to make you. And if you've ever put any effort and time into making anything, and I don't just mean like a child, which you know what, that was a lot of effort. Um, <laughs> but, but I mean, you know, golly, it takes a long time for them to grow. Um, and I mean, I mean that not just in like the 10 months in utero, but like as they're growing now, you know, watching a six-year-old developing mentally and stuff, it's just amazing to me that it'll be so many more years before she's really like an adult. Um, but anyway, the point just is that, you know, he, if we've, if we've put any effort into making anything, even if it's just like a paper you had to write for 10 pages that took forever or a craft, you know, like people love, you know, everyone's hobbies, all these people who have these beautiful, like I can make these wreaths on Etsy or, you know, whatever. It's like, everybody knows what it means to 
want to create something and put a lot of effort into it. And when it's done, like maybe it's not perfect, maybe it's not exactly what you wanted, but there's just that pride of like, it's mine, you know, like your self is in that. And, you know, the Lord made all of us individually different and unique on purpose. And he is in all of us, you know, and we all reflect different aspects of him in our personalities and in the way that we relate to him. I mean, no one can be relating to God in the same way that you relate to him or that I relate to him. And that's so fascinating that the billions of people that have lived, you know, that, that there's that many different ways to relate to him and to love him that is unique from anyone else. And um, I don't know. I just, I think that we have to go into prayer with that audacity to be like, what's good about me? <laughs> you know, like, why do you cherish me? And then and he'll let, respond. Yes, I mean, he exactly. responds to that question. I, and I to let that become like a daily thing. Right, exactly. And I mean, not, it doesn't have to be like that monumental thing every single day kind of thing, but just to, to turn back to that and say, okay, like, help me know that I'm loved. Help me know that I'm cherished because you know what? You cannot give what you don't have. Like it's so hard to be loving and cherishing of other people, to be patient and humble. If you don't know that someone else is being patient and humble with you and is cherishing you and loving you, you know, you can't just like give from this, an empty well, like you need to have it filled and you need to know that, you know, what you screw up to and you make a lot of mistakes too, and you choose sinful things too. And he still forgives you and you still go and say you're sorry. And, you know, and that that knowledge that you're being treated with mercy and that you're being treated with patience and that he's watching you slowly grow and develop into a better person, that that in turn allows you to turn, you know, to hand that on to other people that you meet, to meet them where they're at and to know that they're on a journey too and to want to help them in that and to be there for them in that, um, which I think goes right back to helping someone to know that they should be happy in their own skin because no one else is going to be, you know? Yeah. And, and, and two quick things on that point, you know, you talk about all of that and, you know, it goes back to, I, I remember sitting in prayer, this wasn't too long ago, back in, I think, you know, December, January and sitting there and, what he spoke to me was, if all was stripped away, Brendan, my love remains. You know, if, if I, everything was taken from you, I'm still there. You know, for us to really be comfortable in who we are, you know, that's, that's, that's what it all comes down to is knowing his, who he is in that, in that case and knowing he's not going anywhere. And then uh, secondarily to that point, you know, I remember praying and complaining. And he said, will you trust me once more? And mm. that was so simple, but so beautiful. Cause I said, you know, he's like, look at all the times that I've loved you. I've never let you down. Will you trust me once more? And, you know, I had to say, of course, Lord. Yeah. Um, but mm, I do feel good, as we've been talking for quite a while. Um, so I want to finish with just a quick question, Alyssa, um, before I let you go or quick two questions, I should say. Firstly, Mount Rushmore of Saints. Hmm. To be straight, four, five, six, however many you want. Who are your favorites? 
Um, okay, so definitely Therese, um, John, the evangelist or beloved, can't really beat Ling back against the heart of Christ and listening to it. Um, <laughs> always a little jealous of that one. Um, Maximilian Colby, Aloysius Gonzaga, because he's my, my birthday saint. Um, and Alphonsus Liguori, because if you read his Stations to the Cross and don't cry, I don't know how you could do that. <laughs> It's just that they gotcha. They're so good. Okay, that's a pretty good, uh, pretty good list. So my last question to you: When you become Saint Alyssa Thorell, what are you going to oh, be the patron saint of? God willing. Yeah, only in His mercy. Let's be clear about that. Um, yeah, I don't actually have a good thing. I tried to think of something. I don't have a good one, but we'll just say. Um, yeah, asking the Holy Spirit for humility, because I think that I've, I've become very much a fan of trying to daily ask the Holy Spirit to guide me in things. And I think that that's maybe an underrated aspect of prayer in our Catholic world today. Um, I think the Holy Spirit needs a little bit more of a a family of followers. <laughs> like, I mean, he's such a, a pivotal part of, of all of our theology and all of our sacraments and everything. But I think just in terms of the way people talk about prayer, you get, um, he's just not as focused on, um, but I, I don't know. I think that that would be something I would want to encourage others to do. Mm. Amen. Well, thank you once again for taking the time um, to be on here. It was a blessing. And I think to all the different listeners, they are going to gain so much from hearing your insights and thoughts. So oh, Brandon, again, and uh, I will let you go. Enjoy the little girls and tell them I said hello. They love their Uncle Brendan. As they should. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me on. It was really cool. Thank you. Today's sponsor is duct tape. If you're taping something to the wall or teaching your kid a lesson, duct tape is here for you.